It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Hi, welcome to Remote Controlled, Variety's TV podcast. I'm Deborah Birnbaum. Every week, we'll bring you conversations with some of the best and brightest in television, working behind and in front of the camera. On today's episode, we're talking about Black Mirror with series creators Charlie Brooker and Annabelle Jones. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Deborah Birnbaum. And I'm Andrew Wallenstein. And it's our pleasure to welcome the executive producers of Black Mirror. We've got Charlie Brooker and Annabelle Jones. Hello. Hello. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. So where are you guys in production? Are you working on season four right now? We are. We are shooting the sixth one. Whether it will be the sixth one in the order that they eventually go up, we don't know. Because we have to spend time agonizing about that. Uh, it's a bit like sequencing an album, so we don't know. But yes, we're we're nearing the end of the of the shooting, but we've got a lot of post production to go. Yeah, can't you tell? We're sort of smiling, <laughs> happy, <laughs> relieved. The hell is over. Yeah. What can you tell us about what's to come for the fourth season? Um, I think you can say it has an. Uh, uh, there's a range of genres within the. I think yeah, a range of genres within the season and more ambitious. Could I say? You can slightly say more that. ambitious in scope mm-hmm. and um, slightly more. We've 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 ventured into genres that we haven't been into before. So quite a few surprises, I would say. Mm. How Which does it start? Do you say hey? Here's a genre I'd like to tackle. There's the idea lead to the genre. Sometimes, well, it's an interesting one because sometimes what we don't tend to do is what you might expect us to do. We don't tend to sort of look at the tech pages and go, oh, I see that Samsung have invented a new kind of uh, a contact lens that tells how you want your toast done. And what's, is there a Black Mirror idea in that? We don't, we don't do that. We, we tend to be discussing um, often a humorous what-if idea. Um, and and it, it and it usually um, extends from there, uh, and 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 then sometimes to try and think, okay, well, so what's the story? We've got an idea, we've got a rough idea for something here, um, but what's the story? And then sometimes we will think, well, what genres haven't we tackled? So certainly last season we did an episode called Hated in the Nation, which was like a police procedural, and we very deliberately chose that as a form we hadn't done before. Um, so sometimes, sometimes that's that's where we go. Is we we think of them as different genre yeah. pieces and tackle them accordingly. Yes, but but mostly it's led by the story. I would say mm. in that that example, um, Hate in the Nation, very dense, a lot of exposition, and so you need something that's going to cut through very quickly. And police procedural allows you to do that because you understand the grammar of that genre. Mm. Without revealing or spoiling anything, can you tell us about a genre that you will be tackling this season? Unpleasantness. There is a real mix. Of, I don't think we can. I don't we, think we that's all right. Yeah, that's fair. I can there's, see Netflix 
Netflix glaring like, yeah no uh, I think it's nice to have a surprise you know that's that's the joy of doing an anthology where you come to it and you don't know what you're going to get mm. you know you know there's a flavour you know there's a sensibility but you have no idea where the story is going to go and in what world you're going to be mm-hmm. put in so I think that's all part of the the appeal of the show we often say about the show that it's like a a, a, a box of chocolates in terms of variety but it's all dark chocolate <laughs> generally um, so yeah yeah that's, that's pretty much what it is as the show has grown in popularity has it gotten harder to surprise the audiences and to keep them guessing um, certainly I think that people anticipate a twist in that when we first started doing the show we didn't actually tend to have twists particularly Mm. and then we did an episode called White Bear which got a massive twist in it and subsequently people are often kind of waiting for for the twist to come but I mean it it, it depends we did an episode called Nosedive in the third season which doesn't have a twist at all Mm -hmm. really Um, and San Junipero which was one of the the most popular episodes we there is a twist that was revealed kind of halfway through Mm. so so, um, but in terms of keeping it fresh, it's, it's the main problem is is staying ahead of the real world at the moment because the real world's pretty bonkers, isn't it? Though right now, yeah, you can't go ten minutes without ten more bonkers things. Than it's exponential. It's crazy. Um, so that's the challenge, I think. Speaking of Sandra Napero and mm-hmm. bonkers, did you happen to notice this morning that we're taping this? The Orange is the New Black parody of Black Mirror that's out. What did you think of that? We did see that. We it, we flattered, loved it. Yeah, very flattering. Yeah, that was great. Um, two yeah, two Netflix shows coming together and shared shared love for for both shows. I hope. Yeah, yeah we should have more flattering. crossovers. We should have more mashups and crossovers with with other Netflix <laughs> shows. Yeah, although I think we do a bit of mashing up ourselves with, yeah. within Black Mirror. Yeah. In, I see the House of Cards one coming. Though I feel like we're living that. I think I was going to say, that's <laughs> happening around you in 3D. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you kind of predicted that with the Waldo episode. Yeah, by accident, I suppose. I mean, I think that we were really reacting to something that was kind of in the ether, really. There was a lot of anger in the UK at politicians after there was an expenses scandal and there, were, there was a lot of general anger. And and I was in the, in the UK. I'm, I'm, I was primarily then probably known for doing comedy stuff, and I did a lot of topical comedy shows, and I worked on sort of Daily Show esque programs and things of that nature. So I was quite interested in the intersection between comedy and entertainment and politics, which obviously at the moment your president personifies um, <laughs> in many ways. Yes. Um, we we had a few. Uh, mini, not mini Trumps. That would be too extreme to say that. But we had a few sort of politicians in the UK that were trading on their entertainment value, um, but mm-hmm. not to the extreme of Trump. No. And you guys have had already a few political themed episodes. Mm-hmm. Do you consider that sort of exhausted territory, or does Trump sort of reset your interests? I think at the moment it's very as I was saying it's like because things are changing so much at the moment you kind of need a bit of dust to settle because any crazy idea that I could think up this morning about the the state of the world might well be outdated by lunch you know so so it's it's there's it's such a period of flux it's quite difficult at the moment really I think to to get an overview of where that's all heading is that's both the terrifying and, I suppose, exciting thing. That's that famous curse, isn't there? May you live in interesting times. And mm. we definitely live in interesting times. So um, I wouldn't say it's exhausted so much as the world is, being, is proving exhausting at the moment in that regard. 
You can almost say the same for technology. It feels like some of the technology things you did in your early episodes were almost living right now as well. Yeah, we should be patenting these things. <laughs> we realise that. I mean, not a day goes by that somebody doesn't sort of draw our attention to something, saying, oh, have you seen they're doing robotic bees somewhere? Or mm-hmm. um, There was a story the other day about a hospice, which is in the UK, which is trialling a, a virtual reality uh, nostalgia thing for, yeah. for, for oh, patients yeah. there. Um, which is, and it was sort of, the newspaper article was going, it's like San Junipero from Black Mirror. Um, so... So I think it's it's difficult to – often when we're coming up with the ideas, I'll sort of sit there and and I'm trying to exponentially, like, leap into the future and think about, like – because technology really performs the function of magic and the supernatural in our show, basically. Um, in, in, the, in the Twilight Zone, it would have been a, just a magic whistle or something, whereas we can say that it's a, an apple whistle or, or whatever, effectively. Mm. And um, so sometimes I'll, I'll try and think about – um, I'll think that this is very far-fetched what we're coming up with and then and then lo and behold <laughs> it turns out it isn't yes. um, Elon Musk is probably working on half this stuff as we speak but I don't know I think the technology whilst it is far-fetched it still feels possible you mm. know what I mean you sort of I think, and I think that's why the show resonates with people because they look at it and think I could see myself using that technology. I could see myself embracing that and then get hooked in, as we all do, to the, you know, the sexiness of technology and the ease and the, how easy it makes our lives. And then you just sort of pull them into the sort of seductive world and then twist it or, mm-hmm. you know, we subvert do, it. We do kind of background the tech a bit. Mm. I mean, in, in that we like to focus on the human dilemma um, at the heart of the story. So we kind of tend to... With the design and the, and the way that it's, it's, it's tend to, tends to be, the characters often treat it as slightly throwaway within their world because that that mm. makes it feel more grounded, I think, yeah. and more realistic. Yeah, I think the stories tend to be quite small and personal and intimate, even though the concepts or the worlds seem quite big. Mm. I think when you talk about focusing on the human dilemma, that really does set apart Black Mirror from some of the other pop culture out there that focuses on technology issues. I'm thinking about Silicon Valley on HBO, mm-hmm. this Tom Hanks movie, The Circle. Mm-hmm. And so I was wondering, and I think there's been some of this on Black Mirror, mm-hmm. you talk about how humans interact with technology, but is there going to be more on sort of the companies that put the technology out? Not really, because that, I mean, partly because that doesn't really interest me as a writer i think that i can't kind of get a foothold on that because i'm not an evil corporation basically and so whereas i I, i'll often think about the 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 guy on the receiving end of of something i suppose uh maybe i've got a victim mentality but um (laughs) i I think we don't tend to we don't tend to go into that into that world about the business world partly i think that's probably because that's not something that i particularly understand or feel like I would I, I wouldn't quite see how where the human story is in that mm. um, so and, and also technology is not the vi- not the villain in our in our show it's it's always yeah. it's always a, a MacGuffin that is allowing a human character to do to often tremendous damage to themselves or others in our stories but it's not the technology is not to blame so we don't tend to no. tend to go into the into the sort of corporate side of things no. which isn't to say that we won't I yeah. think in playtest you kind of got up yeah. close there. Yes, yes, that is true. That is true. <laughs> Although that's quite that's quite it's that was partly that was that was partly because I could not resist the. It's a bit of a two serve man 
style ending and I couldn't resist the slight uh, the sort of comic darkness of that I suppose yes. so that was probably why yes yeah. that's quite a popcorn mm. story I yeah. would say in our mix you know that's the sort of more indulgent one yeah yeah that was yeah. a movie moment yeah and, yeah. and because, because you know, we as individuals are accepting and embracing all of this technology. So it's not so the so I, I personally find it a lot more interesting how we are willingly sharing our world and you know, seeding uh, power and and just yeah, just em- welcoming all technology into our world. So I think that's more interesting. And it's it's how individuals are how our lives will change as a result of accepting all of the technology that feels very fertile. And I think that's why people sort of embrace the show in that they, they look at it and think, I am that person. I am, you know, Bryce Dallas Howard's character in Nosedive. I have that, that sort of status anxiety. That's how I'm living my life. So it feels to resonate on that level. Mm. Well, I'm Sorry. I was going to say, if we're doing an episode it's just about somebody who's like me, it should just be somebody who stares at his phone all day long. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't we all? It's terrifying. I remember reading a thing that somebody said, have you ever wondered what people that you were at school with are doing right now? They're playing with their phone. Everybody is playing with their phone. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of Bryce Dallas Howard, season three saw a lot of famous names coming to the show. Is that something that you thought worked for you? Are you going to continue that with season four? Um, it's 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 not something. I mean, it's wonderful to have that level of talent and that caliber of talent in the show. Um, but we tend this is this is a terrible uh, thing to say. But we tend to sort of cast that's for the role and 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 work with the director and find the best person for that role. So if they happen to have a great profile, that's mm-hmm. always helpful. But it's not a prerequisite. We've had a really and good I think record because we're with single films yeah. as well. There's not that same. Um, that's not the same emphasis. We don't need a big figurehead to carry the, you know, a series of ten episodes or something. We can afford to sort of just, um, you know, find the right person. We've had a good record with up and comers as well. We've had mm. like with Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out and uh, Hanging Out Well, and like people who at the time were probably on their way up, I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and, and I mean, having said that, in terms of uh, something, something that has been announced is that Jodie Foster is directing an episode mm. this yeah. season. So. Yeah, she's um, a newcomer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> she's an up-and-comer. She's going to go places. she's going to make yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> we believe in her. Yeah. But when you get this premium talent, is it a matter of, do you get a lot of inbound inquiries from the talent community, or are you saying, hey, we'd like to get Jodie Foster? How does that work? Uh, I think it tends to be uh, a mixture, really, in that um, I think Jodie liked the show, and she liked the particular script we had, that, and, and so that you know that worked out and sometimes we have people sort of getting in touch saying we love the show is there anything that you think I'd like so we try and find something for actors or directors but it tends to be an ongoing evolving process do you hear from the tech world at all people from the the apples and amazons of the world yeah no we do actually Mm. very flatteringly people sort of saying come in and we want to show you our toys and you know see what you think of this and um because and I think they're delighted I think What's what's very uh, again flattering is that we have people say you've absolutely got the design right of that. That's how we would make it, mm. and it's often about simplifying and pulling back and, and minimalizing everything. Um, so yes, we get a lot of approaches from people. Yeah, do you think they basically want to nick these ideas and <laughs> make millions out of just 3D printing them while our backs are turned? We're in the wrong <laughs> job. To pat- we are absolutely in the wrong job. Really should be patenting this stuff. Yeah. I know. Mm. It's a bit worrying that people, if people are taking their cues f- 
from <laughs> from the kind of devices that we highlight in the show <laughs> because yeah we often show a downside mm. and an upside and, an up, uh, and a small San, upside San Junipero is, is a big upside that yeah. was that was deliberate yes. that was deliberate I think yeah. that's you know San Junipero um, mm. the episode from the 80s you you know a, a VR world but the two main characters are in their 70s you know, and so mm-hmm. the idea of putting together old people and VR and having a positive, it, it being a very positive experience is something I think that's quite fresh and uplifting and life aspiring. Mm-hmm. How has being at Netflix changed the show for you at all? Um, well, certainly we are more aware that there's a global audience now. I mean, the fact that it gets, I never know quite what the right word is, not broadcast, but published simultaneously everywhere at the flick of a button um, is quite daunting and exciting and and weird. I mean, Mm. certainly really, but Netflix said to us, kind of carry on doing the show as you you have been making it already, because we'd already done two seasons in the UK. Um, And so so in that respect, it didn't didn't particularly change, except I remember the first script I wrote for season three was San Junipero, and I'd read someone online moaning, going, oh, they're doing the show for Netflix now, it's going to get all Americanized." and I thought, right, I'll show you. Uh, Set in California. So, like, (laughs) (laughs) opening scene, one walks down the street in California, (laughs) USA. Um, Yes, you're perverse. (laughs) so, So... in that respect, it's we've got a, we're aware that we've got a, a, a slightly bigger canvas, um, but other than that, it hasn't really altered the way we, um, I think, it, it kind of intellectually approach the show. Mm-hmm. It's just more, it's a bigger stage on which to potentially fail. Being British, <laughs> that's what you worry about. It means the, 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 the constant state of terror is slightly amplified. And do you feel that? working with Netflix, what is that like? Are you, they're kind of famous or maybe notorious for being withholding on some of the data. Do you want to see lots of information? No, don't want to see it. You just want to do your thing. Don't want to see Because I think that ratings are a poison, basically. I mean, as in when, when you're, you know, like, when you're making, I've been very fortunate throughout my career, really, in that I've never, well, I've never really, generally, I, I've, not, I've not worked on a huge ratings blockbuster. I think that's fair to say, like, in the past on shows I've done, I've tended yeah. to do things which are well-regarded, but are like, you know, like, critical favorites and things like that um and you can't but help worry about what the numbers are you know and people can't but help but be influenced by that and so it's i think it's just a great it's a great feeling to not sort of have that in your head it's nice to know that the show does well like it becomes a different metric where you're sort of going on are people talking about the show are people appreciating the show Mm. and so it's good to see that that becomes the focus and not sort of raw numbers of were you lucky that were you lucky that there wasn't a big news event going on the same night your show went out and everyone was watching the news on the other channel or or there was a football match and everyone was watching that um which i've fallen victim to in the past that's my excuse um so it's it's brilliant not to have that in your head i think as a program maker and instead to to think you know that what you should be thinking is how is this going to impact on the viewer how is this going to elicit a response from from the viewer one thing we're always keen to do because each one is a standalone story is we want quite a visceral response from the viewer um otherwise why are we bothering to show up basically uh, we came armed, so uh, you know uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fight in an alley, 
our show. So, um, so, so <laughs> we don't quite see it like that. But, um, but so it, it does mean that we're focusing, I suppose, on what the on the we're not thinking about numbers and, and mm. data, which is yeah. a relief. Does it surprise you which episodes break out that San Junipero and Nosedive became so popular? Um, it, uh, yes and yes and no. In the Nosedive, I was really nervous about. Um, uh, to start with, because it was it was a different tone to most other Black Mirror episodes we'd done before. Obviously, for for um, a lot of Netflix viewers, that was that was the first one they ever saw, and it was it was um, it was a sort of slightly lighter tone, a more comic tone throughout. Mm. Um, and so I remember being quite nervous at first yeah. with and that visually, and visually, visually it's very got very Joe Wright, very light palette, yeah. very sort of. Mm-hmm. Uh, aspirational and on the surface mm. um so as an opener to what is considered by lots of people to be a very dark you know challenging show it was a little bit of a an anomaly mm-hmm. but um yeah and san, san junipero definitely i was mainly worried my main concern in writing it was um that i'm like a straight guy <laughs> and, and like and and I'm writing a, a a story which is about a relationship between two women one of whom's a lesbian one of whom is bisexual uh, like and would I would I be able to do that convincingly so it was a massive sigh of relief when it went not not only did people were people convinced by it but that people took it to heart so that was that was extremely heartening but it, it, it did make me nervous to start with and again that's it's a, again it's a, got a lighter tone to it there's more upbeat elements to it mm-hmm. um it's a love story you know and so that's quite um that's quite a nerve-wracking thing to write and there's a sort of big mystery to it as well so all of those things mm-hmm. were um certainly playing on my mind when i wrote it but it still had that black mirror dna of it being a thought-provoking world mm-hmm. a, you know a, a challenging sometimes difficult idea or difficult mm. ideas to want to sort of embrace. And there's a lot of darkness still in there yeah. as well. Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, no, I was very, very extremely gratified that that seemed to land um, land, and that a certain... There's, there's, certain, there's quite a few people who've really taken that story to heart, and that's mm. extremely gratifying. So I'm gathering that you don't pay attention to the ratings, but you do get a sense of what and what doesn't break out in terms of episodes. And so I'm curious, mm-hmm. how do you get a sense of that if you're not looking at the ratings? Do you pay attention to critics or fans or... Oh, well, you social can't... Social media. Yeah, social yeah. media. I mean, it's worth saying as well that, that every episode has um, haters and lovers, basically. Mm-hmm. So every single one we've done has been cited by someone as be- both the best and the worst mm-hmm. story we've ever done. And I think you could probably psychologically profile somebody... Based on which episodes they like, so we have episodes that are quite uh, uncompromisingly bleak and horrible and hard-nosed, and some people really love that and and moan when that tone isn't isn't when that bell isn't struck in other in other episodes. Mm. Basically, I guess it's like you know wanting spicy food, wanting hot chili, and not getting it in a, in yeah. in something. And then you get people who don't who 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 prefer the more um, the more emotional episodes uh, and, and those storylines, and so really, you can never predict how people are going to. We, we there's one of the episodes from season three, "Shut Up and Dance," which is a really bleak, horrible, claustrophobic sort of thriller. Mm-hmm. We had a screening in London where we showed it, and the audience was, in, and in the right way, and a, a couple of times, rolling about, roaring with laughter. 
like in a way that we both looked at each other like oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it was sort of a nervous relief uh, release of laughter and I think yes. because it was a British audience they were they were very uncomfortable they were very uncomfortable and that came out in hysteria um, <laughs> but you can never like but they they loved it I mean that you can never predict how that I remember at that screening we showed that with Sam Juniper and afterwards they were they were they were sort of raving about both episodes in a way that I didn't mm. I, I was surprised that people who liked one liked the other um, so you can never you can never predict how they how they're gonna how they're gonna go down we try and get a good balance across yeah. the season so that there's enough so it's not just unrelentingly bleak or unrelentingly happy <laughs> we'd never be accused of being unrelentingly happy. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah that'll like, be a good day when we have that criticism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are there any looking back that you would do differently? Any tweaks you would make? Um, probably. There's, there was an episode from the second season called the Waldo Moment, which was a about a, a cartoon that runs for office in the in the UK. And now people look at that and go, "That was quite prescient." Um, and uh, I remember thinking at the time, "Well, maybe that should have been a separate thing. Maybe that should have been a separate miniseries." Didn't quite get the stakes right, so that's probably one. We've had ideas for sequels to stories as well, which we haven't. Is something we haven't entirely explored. No. Um, Would you? Yeah, I wouldn't be averse to it. I mean, it it has to be. We've got there's a couple of ideas actually kind of in mind, but we're sort of thinking about practically how we you could do that and when the right time to do that would be so potentially but then then in a darwinian way a new idea pops up and then that wins the knife fight for the slot i'm making it sound very gladiatorial i was gonna say alleys and knives what's going I? on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well how long of you are you taking here in other words it's another way of asking how many years or seasons do you think you're going to do Black Mirror? Are you going to be interested in doing completely different things? You weren't always doing this kind of show. You talked about doing comedy at an earlier phase of your career. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I still do. Sort of at the same time, I, I still we I, we I do an end of year show for the BBC and things like that. So I've sort of worked on other things, which yeah. is psychologically healthy, I think. Well, but you present. So <laughs> yeah. in the UK, Charlie's a, um, a satirical presenter um, mm. but you make that like I'm a satire of presenters you are a satire in general. of presenters um, <laughs> right. a sort of daily show equivalent um. but annually <laughs> <laughs> but, but how long do you see Black Mirror mm. running 25 years <laughs> it depends I mean like as long as the, there are ideas and as long as there are I mean the world doesn't seem to be presenting us with any shortage (laughs) of things to worry and think about it's often it's it's often a show born of things i've worried about and so there's no shortage of that at the moment so (laughs) yes so as long as you remain a nervous wreck we'll be fine (laughs) good you just gotta keep me in that state okay (laughs) what scares you what do you worry about oh everything I mean, there isn't en- there isn't a thing that doesn't scare me on some level. Interviews, that- interviews, chats, chairs, <laughs> table. I did think earlier, what if I go backwards on this chair? Because the, the leg of this chair, I could go backwards, bash my head against that wall. There's not a thing I couldn't worry about, which is why I mean, people are sometimes one thing that we sometimes hear about the show is people who I think haven't watched it closely enough, or maybe mm-hmm. have just read a synopsis, think it's like a, you know, it's Grandpa Simpson waving his fist at a at the internet and going. Um, and really, you know, I used to be a video games journalist. I love technology, and we there's one. I, I love all the design side of things in the show, and that you know, getting involved in that, yeah. and making it all look seductive. 
but technology is one of the many things I do worry about. Um, and I worry about the effect it has on me. I worry about the effect it has on my kids. I worry about the effect it has on society. So, but I, th I think it's kind of like, I think for me, things like um, social media, so if you look at that, that's like a new limb that we've grown as a species, that we're learning how to use it. And at the moment, we're busy spinning around, not knowing what to do, and accidentally kicking over all the furniture and kicking each other on the shins all the time. And I think we're, I'm hope, I hope that we'll just acclimatise and get used to that. Because at the moment, it's a bit odd, isn't it, in that you... I was thinking about this. I, I had um, uh, that a, a few years... I don't know what it does to you psychologically, but a few years ago, I remember having a book launch... And there were people, lots of people from different corners of my life showed up. So there were work colleagues showed up and there were old school friends showed up and sort of a member of my family showed up and that sort of thing. And I suddenly had an identity crisis where I thought, I don't know who, how do I behave in this setup? Because these, you behave differently with these people from different parts of your life. And so suddenly I, I didn't know who I was when they were all intermingling and I had to go and talk in front of a bunch of them. It's like, oh, how do I address this crowd now? This is wrong. And that's what you end up having to do online because you've sort of got one, you're, it's a one-size-fits-all personality you're trying to project. And I don't know what that does to you psychologically. Because there's things people say in your real life that you would let slide that you might disagree with, but online you're supposed to call it out and get very angry. or you're, So it's a very weird... It's a very weird bit of play acting that we're doing all the time that I don't know what that does to us um, psychologically. Um, but it's something we're going to have to get used to. It's not going away. Uh, just like the wheel. <laughs> uh, yes. Sorry, that was a really long and possibly boring answer. That was great. <laughs> I don't want to ask you to pick among your children, but if you had to look over the course of the episodes, is there one that's your favorite or one that best stands as the you know quintessential Black Mirror episode for you? Oh, I don't know if there can be a quintessential um, Black Mirror episode when they're all so different. And, and as you say, because they all do different things and elicit different responses, it's very hard to sort of compare. Um, so I won't, if that's okay. No, I, 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 I love all of them <laughs> in They're all the your most children blandest you way you can. It is very hard. It is very hard to say because, because we often say that, that, that you can't... A, every episode is not representative of the whole, basically, which is, the, which is a, both a blessing and a, and a curse. Um, I mean, there's, there's episodes... And I, 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 in a... In a mood swinging kind of way I really do like I'll, I'll one minute I'll really like um, something like White Bear which is one we did which is incredibly unpleasant and there's something there's part of me that really likes that um, and then other times I'll, I'll, I'll veer more towards Nosedive or San Juniper or something like that which is a bit more heartfelt and, and mm. more emotional and so I think similarly I can't I can't quite pick it'd be unfair to pick <laughs> I feel like I'm still emotionally recovering from White Bear and it's been a number of years now Good. Oh. No, that's one I've got an idea for a follow-up to. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, my God. Don't you really shouldn't know. watch it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it's taken you years to recover. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. But So you guys feel uncomfortable with picking that one, but it seems like there is something about this show, and I think we speak from experience, where people do love to pick their favorites, mm. rank their favorites. Do you mind that? Is that something that's sort of like... Oh God, uh, no, that's great, isn't it? That people feel that they've engaged, you know, that, that they've, something has really spoken to them, that they've really reacted to it. You sort of go, oh my God, that's uh, mm. fabulous. You know, that's the only thing you can hope for. And, and of course, that you know, none, they can't all 
people can't react the same way and embrace them all because they're all doing different things. So there is going to be a, a ranking system. Mm -hmm. But I just find it very amusing that they're all so different. So people, you know, often you hear people vehemently saying, well, of course that one's the best one. And you sort of think, uh, well, I think it's subjective, isn't it? You mm. know, so, it, it, so it's, I enjoy the dialogue. I enjoy the debate. I've even seen people, um, there was a, well, there was a long article I wrote where somebody analysed the different, was analysing the psychological profiles of why the, the sort of person who liked this would like, okay. you know, the sort of person who likes white there will like shut up and dance and that kind of thing. And, and I've seen people compiling playlists like if you're going to you quite often get that where people will go into a forum and sort of go I haven't started watching Black Mirror which one should I start with and then an immediate like argument ensues where people go start, watch them in this order start with start with White Bear or start with White Christmas or start with National Land start at the beginning and no one can agree um, and we can't agree yeah. um, when we're trying to when we were trying to work out the order of episodes for season three we it was like Oh my God! I mean, the, yeah. the number of emails we were sending back and forth. I was like John Favreau in Swingers. Leave when he leaves a million messages. <laughs> Literally, I'd sort of send, a, send an email going. I think it, this is the this has got to be this is the perfect order, and I'd send it. And just no sooner had I heard that sound effect than I'm composing a follow up going. Ignore me. Uh, um, I think it's true to say though, if we had our time again, we wouldn't. If we were to do, if we were to put a running order for all of the episodes, we wouldn't start with that pig one. <laughs> I think yes, that's, that's probably true to say. The, no. the national anthem, because that made sense to start with that in the UK. Yes. When no one knew what the show was at all. But it's that that does prove to be slightly divisive. <laughs> yes. A little yes. bit, yes. yes. I always say to people, just get past that one and keep going. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people do stumble. Yeah. Somebody once uh, likened it. Uh, one, somebody once said to me, that that can I name drop? I will name drop. Steven yeah. Soderbergh said to me, "How's that for a big plonking great name drop?" <laughs> Steven Soderbergh <laughs> said to me, friend. who I met once, but <laughs> was very nice. But he said to me that that was it. Reminded him of the uh, beach scene in Saving Private Ryan <laughs> to put that at the opening as a statement of intent and like as a sort of right. We're gonna. we you are you're gonna you're either gonna yep. go with this or you're gonna walk out reeling into the night sort of thing um, they reminded him of that National Which, National mm. Anthem did kind of throw me off personally yeah. and oh. then I saw 15 Million Merits and that's when I fell in love and I tell people all the time start with that episode mm -hmm. is that is that wrong? Is that right? Is there no right no, answer? There is no right answer. That's right. For you, for you that's right. That's, <laughs> that's the yeah. thing. But, but I had just said I think we wouldn't start with that one again. Mm. It did It did an interesting thing in the UK when we were, we were a series of three uh, in the first session, in the first mm. season. And um, and it was very grabby. It was a very, you know, people, they, Channel 4 had pitched it as a sort of political thriller. So... Uh, and again, we were still finding the tone of the, mm -hmm. of the series. And, you know, we'd had three films that we sort of thought felt as if they belonged to, 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 the, to a whole. Um, but, they, but it's quite difficult to describe. It's always very difficult to explain, to pitch Black Mirror to someone who hasn't seen it. And you sort of connect, you only get a grasp of it once you've seen a few episodes and you get a sense of the flavour. So, um, so it was quite difficult to pitch it into the UK. And then they opened with that sort of very provocative story. Got people talking. But it got people talking about the show, which, yeah. you know, it's slightly gimmicky, but it did the trick. I would say, I guess now to newcomers, I would probably say mm. start 
with well either i would say just start with the first one if you go onto netflix and you've not watched it before the first one that will come up is nosedive which is the first episode of season three and that is a a good place to start i would say for a newcomer that's a good place to start Mm -hmm. and then you can work you can dive back into the back catalog if you enjoyed it um uh or failing that literally open it up look at all the episode descriptions and go for the one that 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 appeals to you or the one that your friend recommended because um there is no there is no right path basically and we wouldn't know it's it's like individuals all have their own we're we're in favor of people doing that yeah i think generally yeah Yeah. annabelle what about you what's the top of your personal playlist uh from black mirror yeah so what would you say to people Oh, in terms of what, you what know, they should the watch gateway. first. Um, yeah, I think I think I would go. I'd go nosedive as mm-hmm. a sort of eerie, you know, a sort of unsettling eeriness to it, which is you know, which feels representative. It's very generally. relatable. Very yeah, relatable. and relatable, and yeah, and you, and it's entertaining, but you come away feeling slightly perturbed. Mm-hmm. Something that sort of you know, if it if it stays with you and unsettles you in the days to come I think that's quite a good thing I think that's that's a black mirror feeling okay. hmm. do you feel like you're still chasing your best stuff like the, the best one is still to come we've got some really good ones in mm. the next season I'm quite excited about season 4 mm. so, it's again uh, very different as well I mean that is one different. thing we can say is that it's it's very different again because they're all, they're all very different yeah. but we're doing things in the next season that, that we haven't tackled before um, yeah. At all, so yeah, and and some of them sort of slightly more futuristic than others. Mm-hmm. Some very grounded in the now. Um, some different themes, different, different variety of running times, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, so we're we're toying with all sorts of things. I would say generally, I don't know if this is a consequence of just I don't know if this is every writer feels this, or it's because I'm British, or because I'm neurotic, or all of the above. But generally, I'm in a constant state of worry and fear when I'm writing anything and thinking, well, this is rubbish compared to the stuff I've done before. This is awful what I'm doing now, and 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 the process of writing is generally just a uh, an attempt to shut that voice up and keep t- drown that out <laughs> with the sound of typing um, and and just keep pushing on and going and reminding yourself that it doesn't matter the first draft is always going to be terrible it doesn't matter just keep going keep going um, so so yeah I kind of I, I both think that my best work is always either behind me or just ahead of me but never right in the present moment is <laughs> the terrifying answer I think if we th- yeah, I think if we thought we didn't have any more ideas, we'd stop. Yeah, oh, no, definitely. Rather always, than continue and You know how you repetitive. can tell. In fact, you can, I was thinking of an idea. In fact, I've yet to tell you. So I was thinking of an idea we were Don't discussing the other now. day. No, 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 It'll stay between us. I can't tell you what it is now, but I was thinking, there was an idea we were talking about, and I was thinking about it this morning, and I got that there's always a feeling I get where I start to get both excited about the thought of, ooh, we can, that's a story, that's a story. I get excited about it and really worried that someone else is going to do something similar first and that's always that's always a good indicator that yeah. that that it needs to so it needs to get down on paper i need to but i'm constantly then terrified that something identical is going to come along suddenly and, and sort of pop up somewhere so that's a good indicator so i suppose that that shows a degree of faith yes <laughs> yes well, that, that nervous hell you live in yeah it's yeah. no fun is it it's not fun no Hmm. Well, it's been fun talking to you guys. Thank, Thank you. you so much for coming in, and we can't wait to see what's in store for season four. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much for having us. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to today's show. We'll be back next time with another great episode. We'll be talking to the Duplass brothers about their new HBO series, Room 104. See you next time. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.